Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Hey, Catherine. <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> Did I scare you? You kind of did. How are you this week? I'm good. It's funny because we had like this really beautiful warm weekend in Georgia and it's freezing again. <laughs> ah, and it's ridiculous today here. Today and tomorrow, it's like 68 and then tomorrow it's 70 and it's sunny and no wind. And I'm like, where are we? Uh, wow. Yeah. Is your bike already on the trainer or are you going to go out and ride? Well, I ran this morning early. Oh yeah. Cause you're training um, for that ultra. Yeah. And it was only 29 when I went out, but I really don't mind if it's sunny and cold. Like I like it when it's cold and sunny and no wind Then I like anyway, right. but yeah. So I went early, but honestly, it's because, uh, my day's today and tomorrow are super busy. They're like back-to-back appointments. So it was like, I just need to get out and get it done. So, but maybe we'll take the motorbike out tomorrow. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you? What's going on in your world? Um, I've got a lot going on. I'm helping launch another project for Live Feisty. Nice. And by the time this comes out, it will be launched. So, um, that's happening over the weekend. So I'm doing that kind of contract on the side of my full-time job, but you know, there's not much going on because COVID. Because COVID. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to see my family next Tuesday, a week from today, when the podcast comes out, I will be traveling. So I've been, um, I made a commitment that I wasn't going to see people or do things like mm-hmm. even my gym. Um, I'm going at lunchtime because there's only a couple of people there at lunchtime just because I really want to see my family for the holidays. Yeah. Um, and so I'm being really cautious so it's like, what am I looking forward to this weekend? Time with my dog. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Oh, but I did have so much drama with the dog last week. Did I tell you about this? No. Uh-uh. So my dog, Belle, who sometimes makes an appearance on the podcast, who I love dearly, was a rescue. I rescued her five years ago and they don't know her history before that. Um, and 
so whenever I've taken her to the vet, we always have to put the muzzle on her. She's a little bit of a jerk, but we've always been able to manage it. And she has to have blood work done because she has a thyroid issue. So I usually have to hold her. Well, you can't go into the vet now. Mm. So two weeks ago, we went, she got kicked out because she was so mean and we can put the muzzle on her. Oh, no. <laughs> so then they gave me all these calming protocols. So I had like this set of pills. Like I had to give her some pills before bed. I had to give her pills four hours before the appointment, which was at 8.30. So I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning to give my dog pills. And then I had to give her pills 30 minutes before the appointment. And it was supposed to calm her. Did not calm her. Except for it took us like, it was like she was stoned on our walk. So our normal 10 minute morning walk took like 20 minutes. And she's like, whoa, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Like the Christmas decorations (laughs) are up and she's like, what is that? That's hilarious. So we get to the vet. My vet's like, I think this is going to work this time. She's a good friend of mine. She's a triathlete and it did not work. Dog goes crazy. <laughs> so they have to put these two leashes on her and then give her a shot in the butt to, um, to put her under, not put her to sleep. Like, right. But, yeah. but just so they so can sedate her so they can, yeah, sedate her so they can. So it was actually pretty funny when it was happening, except for then she threw up and peed at the same time. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> so. They did the appointment and they took her in and my vet Abby was like, oh, I've never really had a chance to, you know, like just feel her hips or her body. And I was like, she's been limping a little bit. And, um, so I'm in the car and the vet tech at some point comes by thinking that I have a ham, I'm on the hamster mom. I'm like, don't you remember me? We just had a bunch of drama like 45 minutes ago, but anyway, um, so she comes by and she's like, oh yeah, they had to do x-rays because the doctor felt something on her leg. So of course, for the next 30 minutes, I'm sitting in my car, like my dog's dying. Um, it turns out though, she's not dying, but she did have a broken leg before I rescued her and it was never set. And so it healed like really funky and it feels like a tumor on her. It's like the bones heal back together, but But just on their own. Yeah. So one of her legs is like an inch and a half shorter than the other. So so Belle has a whole story. She has a whole story. And they did all of her blood work, everything. She's perfectly healthy. <laughs> That's good. But the funny thing is, I real remembered when I first got her and my friends and I would go for a walk with her and their dogs, they would laugh at her because she would always walk sideways. <laughs> And that's why she's that's why. So I asked my friend if she felt bad for making fun of her. Yeah, she no. does. She says she, does. she doesn't. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I probably I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, speaking oh, there of, she there is. she is. Hi, Belle. <laughs> uh, what's been going on with you? Um, more of just being in the house. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Working on my sourdough. Um, how did the sourdough turn out? We need an update. It, it, it turned out well, uh, I've started taking, I have a little notebook, you know, that I've been working on just, I think I started that on that last call when I talked to you last time, but, um, I've got a batch that's proofing in the fridge right now. So I'll be putting that in the oven here shortly. I'm getting there. It's a process for sure. So, um, and it's all been edible. So don't get me wrong. Like it's all edible. Um, 
the neighbors and my parents and my brother, like they've all gotten loaves of bread. Um, but well, I want them to look pretty too. And they're not, they're not quite, I've had like two that looked pretty. Yeah. You'll and have to put some photos on, on Instagram so we can see them. All right. Well, I guess I should, I should, I should probably show some of the early ones. So when they finally look decent, they're, you, you know, they'll see the progression. They'll You're see, a sourdough. There'll be some progression. So. Progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. But, uh, I, my yeast, the reason I'm so tired is that my, um, starter did not cooperate yesterday and it wasn't ready to cook with and, or to, to use until like eight or 9 PM, which wasn't good. Cause that meant to put, I either needed to use it then or I'd have to start again. So I would have, it's anyway, long story short, I didn't get to the bulk phase of the until like 2 AM or something like that. Oh my gosh. I would like start over. I know, but I'm so like, I I was kind of, I had gotten some new heritage wheat. So I really wanted any long story short. I really want, I really am excited to see how these loaves turn out and I'm not that patient, but now I'm that tired. (laughs) You're like, um, on this because COVID wasn't that bad there the first time around you're like on the sourdough kick like when everybody else was like well that's what literally we were my husband and I were watching the news this morning and I was like when all of those cases were happening back in the spring for in all the big cities and all the metro areas we never felt it in the midwest like that you know um and so literally like now that we're facing that I I think we're hit it's hitting us all so hard because a lot of Midwesterners just didn't, and a lot of rural people just didn't really think it was that severe. And, and now it's like, Oh, Holy crap. It is that severe. And it's a little too late to realize it once you've got your hospital beds all full. So although we did self quarantine in the spring, uh, you know, I've got, I've had friends now that are living with the after effects of COVID and I don't want it even more now because you know, I don't want, I, so many of my friends are athletes and they're struggling, uh, with lung and heart and chest issues. Uh, I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, so Same. I, my friend, my good friend that had it, he was saying he had it in August and it's just in the last two weeks that his heart rate will not go up like almost to 200 when he tries to do any kind of like very easy workout. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time if you really enjoy sport to not really be able to do yeah. it. I, nobody would want to be around me if. <laughs> yeah, same. The, yeah, I, I don't, it's my biggest, it's probably one of my biggest fears is having exercise taken out of my daily routine would be not pretty for anybody that loves me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Um, so we're kind of doubling down on the quarantining, um, and it's a cabin fever. I already get that anyway. So this is just, it's kind of exasperating it. So sourdough. Yeah. (laughs) Sourdough. Well, did you have a chance to go look at the new girls gone gravel merch? I did. I I forgot you told me about it and then I spaced it. And then I saw, you know, you tagged me. I was like, yes, I did go look. I need to get on there and get something. So yeah, yeah. it's super cute. Yeah. We had a, um, they had a like flash sale cause they're doing 12 days of feisty. Sorry. Yeah, I everybody missed it. But, um, 
we got like they were like this was the most popular day of yay i was like of course it was (laughs) so travel so yeah um it was fun to finally come out with that and we have uh just a couple of more episodes we have today and then next week and we're planning something special yeah for next week so you and that'll come out on the 22nd special and appropriate special and appropriate to the season uh so that'll come out on the 22nd and then we're gonna take a break until after the new year and you're gonna miss me I'm going to miss you so bad. I know. And then, and then, then we have, I know. (laughs) And then we have our, the 2021 new year's resolution, which I promise on this show. So you'll have to listen to figure out what that is for. (laughs) Wait, I have a new year's resolution. I do. Okay. I, I, I might've said that wrong, but anyway, I have a new year's resolution that I commit to on the, on the show. Oh, I can't wait to forget. Did we talk about this before? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember talking about this before. Okay, go back and listen. <laughs> Although I will say I've been so out of it. I was like this morning when I was posting the podcast, I was like, who did we talk to last week? And what did we talk about? Ah, last week was good. Yeah, it was. It was Sally. It was yeah. I was actually listening to it as I was um, walking the dog. Um this morning. But we okay. have a really okay. fun guest today and it uh, uh, somebody in our community told me about uh, Lauren de Crescenzo. Good job. <laughs> and then you already happens you already knew her. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't meet her in Atlanta. I met her in Colorado. So yeah. So yeah, she. I think everybody's really going to enjoy her her story. She yeah. is a road racer shifted toward gravel after a major crash and head injury and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but just, she has some really cool things, but the coolest thing is she, for five days held the Eversting record, the women's Eversting record. She took it from Katie Hall. Nice. And then it got taken by somebody else, but she did it on a crazy hill in North Georgia, like a crazy hill. So she gives us the whole scoop on that as well. So we really think that you're going to enjoy this interview with Lauren. Hey, Catherine, I'm so excited that Gooders Come On is one of our sponsors. I know we love Gooders sunglasses because they come in so many fun colors and sassy fun names. Like I got Lance's Afternoon Uppers. And I got Rosé Before (laughs) Brosé. They're really fun. And they're also performance sunglasses. So they're no slip, no bounce, and polarized. They start at a ridiculously low price of $25 a pair. Which means that Gooder is generously offering our listeners nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. You do not need a discount when you already have the most affordable performance shades on the planet. So go to gooder.com slash feisty and that's G-O-O-D-R dot com slash feisty now. These glasses even look good with mud on them. They do. <laughs> Christy, you know we have a new podcast sponsor? Did you get your gear yet? I did. I was so excited. Belcorva showed up the other day and I um I'm in love. <laughs> I think I have my new very favorite shorts, both for working out, walking my dog, and like post a long ride. 
Yeah, totally. That well, and I got that green. Did you get the green? You didn't get the green. I, I got, got the green. I got like an eggplant color. They're fantastic. Oh. I'm sorry, my green ones are better than your eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really love the fun colors and all the fun patterns. I got really fun pants as well, and I love. This is my favorite thing. They have a pocket. And I know. Every pair of pants. So like after a ride, slide them on. Put my cell phone in the pocket. It's amazing. Yep, they work perfect, and they're they are the the shorts are the right length. My three quarter length tights, they're obviously they're an awesome length, but they're super fun. I got the black and white stripe, and they're they're really cute. So I'm so stoked, and the quality is uh, yeah, I was stoked. And they're incredibly affordable. I know. So we yep. are very excited to have Belcorva as a new sponsor to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. You can go over to belcorva.com to pick up your fun new tights or shorts. Get the green ones. Well, we are so excited for this week's guest because normally she's uh, also in Atlanta where I am, even though Christy knew her and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have Lauren DiCrescenzo. Did I say it right, Lauren? As perfect. Perfect. Good job, Catherine. Thanks. thanks. Nice. Other people don't know how much stress I go through right before we hit record with last names. If, if you could see Catherine now. Right yeah, she's sweating like crazy. <laughs> and my last name isn't the easiest for anyone. <laughs> I know. And then I kept bringing Italian pronunciations of it. And I was like, this is, this is good for that. Like, but Christy won't so. start the podcast. So maybe that needs to be my 2021 New Year's resolution. This so, is a good resolution. Every podcast in 2021, Christy is starting. Oh. <laughs> How about if I start resolution. every other one? Okay. Okay. We can switch off. That's on record now, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lauren, we're so happy to have you and that we can say your last name. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, why don't you uh, tell us about you and how you got into cycling and kind of your story? Yeah, well, I could I could go on about that for an hour, but I'll give the SparkNotes version of my story. Um, I started road cycling when I was, I, my first ride, I was probably 16, 16 and, a half, 16 and a half years old, living in Colorado with my family in high school. I was kind of dabbling because I was living in Colorado and so what people did. So eh, if I started racing in college when I was at Emory in Atlanta, in Georgia, where you're from, Catherine, <laughs> or where you live. Um, I started racing in college. Uh, I did some collegiate cycling. I took that super, I took that pretty seriously, I guess. <laughs> and like by the end of college, I got third at nationals and for Emory. And I thought, wow, I could really make a life out of this. So I took my college degree and I thought I could really, I have a degree in anthropology, a bachelor's degree in anthropology. And I thought that the best use of that would be professional cycling. That's <laughs> 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 exactly what I did with it. I ended up going to the Olympic training center for like a talent ID camp. Cause I was 18 years old and was showing some good like race results um, at a young age. And that's what USA cycling really likes. So the young kids showing some potential, I guess. <laughs> So I did that. I went over to Europe a few times with USA Cycling and that I used to think I was like going into it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. But then I went over to Europe and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is crazy. These girls are so good at cycling. 
<laughs> so it just opened a whole new whole new arena of is having yeah my case my face kicked in every day but that was really fun though uh it did like omloop had news blood when i was maybe like 20 years old it was crazy um but i loved it and just kept doing it and doing it um uh so by the time i was about 20 24 i well i was on dna pro cycling and we got a uci license and we were gonna we i was finally a pro cyclist i'd done the racing in europe with usa cycling and then got on a pro cycling team the ultimate my ultimate college dream <laughs> we got that license though in 2016 and it did like the first races like in the us the domestic races and then i got to san dimas stage race which is in california that didn't go quite as planned that's where i had a very very bad crash I hit my head so hard in the finish line. I flipped over the handle. I flipped over the fencing starting the course on my head. Um, I don't remember any of this. This is what people tell me. I flipped over at 37 miles an hour, according to my my bike computer. And I, my teammate behind me is a physician's assistant in real life because, you know, women always have to have a real mm-hmm. job. In addition to being pro cyclists, they all need also have to be like, physician's assistance in real life so she you know she cleared my airway she stopped racing immediately it's Beth Ann Wharton thank you Beth Ann it was amazing she stopped her race she cleared my airways stabilized my spine uh, told them to call a helicopter um, I was helicoptered away um, taken to USC put into a coma uh, three weeks later I don't remember anything I woke up at a rehab center in Colorado Craig Hospital and I kind of knew it was a medical center. And I was like, oh my God, how bad was this crash? I just, I kind of, I had a feeling, but no memory of anything. And I spent like the next two months there recovering from this traumatic brain injury and mostly just walking the hallways trying to escape. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. It was an incredible, it was a really good place to be at the time though. Like I, if I just went home and I woke up like that, I don't know where I'd be right now. Um, but yeah, that's when I decided to go back to grad school and kind of like reinvent my whole life. I always knew in the back of my head, I always knew I wanted to be an epidemiologist. Like when I graduated from Emory back in 2012 and pursued cycling, I knew I was like, one day I'm going to be an epidemiologist, but right now I'm just going to go be a pro cyclist for a little while. So I decided finally I was going to go back and get my master's of public health in epi. And that was uh, in Colorado where I'm from with my family, University of Colorado. Um, I spent two years doing that and I found out that there's this thing called injury epidemiology um, where I could focus on traumatic brain injury. <laughs> and I ended up writing my like my thesis or my capstone, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> ended up writing it on traumatic brain injury um, rates in Colorado and still working on getting that published somewhere. <laughs> but I spent a lot of, you know, I got to focus like that entire last year basically on traumatic brain injury science and epidemiology. And then, oh, and that's when I got back into collegiate racing in grad school. Oh and that, because <laughs> I couldn't say no, I just couldn't say no to cycling. I was like, I can't let this fitness go to waste. I'm eligible for collegiate again. So the first year I went back, I got third again in the road race and fourth in the TT, fifth in the crit. And then I was like, that was in 2018. Then in 2019, I came back again and 
to my very first, like, I don't know how many times I'd race collegiate, but I finally won collegiate cycling. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't need to come back and get a PhD now. So I won, I got, I won in 2019. <laughs> and that all happened. That was all in Georgia, which is where at 2018 nationals, I actually met um, my fiance now, Jim. Oh, well, I met, sorry, this is such a complicated story. I met Jim before my crash on a ride and told him that he should go to Emory because he knew that I went to, he knew I went to Emory because, you know, he knew some stuff about me. I was just like really wow. cyclist girl. And he was like, Ooh, should I go to Emory, Lauren? <laughs> and I was like, you betcha. That was a good pickup line. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, should I go oh, to I Emory? Noticed. <laughs> yeah. That's like I the noticed. greatest pickup line ever. <laughs> should I, what do you think about going to med school at Emory, Lauren? <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to med school. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. You should totally go to Atlanta. It's so cool. Like Emory is a great school. So he did that. And then we happened to meet again. The second time we met was at collegiate cycling nationals in 2018. He was racing at Emory. I was racing for C Boulder and we had like one mutual friend and we were staying at the same house. So we were all there. He was just falling in love with me, I guess, which... (laughs) I feel so bad. Uh, we didn't start dating then, but he was, you know, he's putting the moves in. It took me about nine months to decide that was a good idea and that I should then, Lauren, Lauren, just just move to Atlanta, Lauren. Just, just move down here when you're done with school. And so, you know, everyone loves a good love story, I think. Yeah. Everyone oh, yeah. Love so you, you were in the house. You, I think we lost you. You were talking about you were staying in the house together because he was there and he was there he was in the same house yes we were in the same house together I guess I was leave off from there um yeah we were staying in the same house with my teammate at CU and it was his old teammate uh when he was in Colorado and he I had no idea I had no idea he liked me then but (laughs) he just (laughs) After, you didn't after, know that he liked you after that. <laughs> hey, Lauren, which school should I go to? Line? No, that guess, was like I guess you had a traumatic brain injury in between. <laughs> I have no idea. I was like, who? Who? Why? He called me after that race and he was like, Lauren, I like you. Aww. <laughs> Way to be bold. It was yeah. very bold of him. He just called me up and he was like, Lauren, I have something to tell you. I was like, guys, don't do this. They don't just call you up and say, I like you. <laughs> so, you know, he, he said that. And then he kept he came back to Colorado from Atlanta a few times that summer, putting the moves in, I guess. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I should move to Atlanta. I live in Colorado. You live in Atlanta. So that went on for a few months. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I could I could come back to Atlanta. You know what? You're pretty cool, Jim. Like we just became really, really good nice. friends, and we like went on all these really like long rides together on the gravel and not the gravel. I was like, if you can ride with anyone for five hours and not want to kill them, then I think he found a good match. <laughs> we just became really, really good friends, and he convinced me to move back to Georgia. So I came back to Atlanta to get my dream job because I always wanted to work at CDC. So. I spent about three months just applying to jobs at CDC and eventually it all worked out. And now I'm in the injury center and uh, Jim and I are going to get married pretty soon in May. And 
sometimes things work out. That time it worked out. I moved to Atlanta and it was a good idea. And That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where we're going to be living next year. I don't, if, yeah, if 2020 has taught anyone anything, it's that you can't really make any plans ever. So we're just uh, taking it all as it comes. <laughs> but we still, we both love cycling like so much. If anything has like, if anything, I'm training more than I ever have because Jim and I just enable each other every single day. <laughs> go like, ride. That's what awesome. do you do for your training today? What do you do for your training? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you know, you're from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, spend a lot of time uh, at Stone Mountain in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, gosh. I Doing actually intervals. do not ride at Stone Mountain anymore because I went over my handlebars at 35 miles an hour in Stone Mountain. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was it down that really steep hill? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was I yeah. went down in a... Um, it was morning. I was riding with one of my athletes when I was a, still a triathlon coach and, um, yeah, a skateboarder was in the middle of the road in my lane yeah, and kept veering exactly. over and I kept I know. moving out of his way and he headphones in, never looked that. up. Um, and he just like, you know, yeah. right at the last second, he veered right into my path. So, oh yeah, no, I know exactly. I, I can see it in my head right now. I know exactly where you were like that because there's always people like peeking out of the woods right there, basically at the very bottom of the, uh, steep descent. Yeah. Uh, I, don't anymore. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I want to get some good hill, uh, climbing and I go out to Arabia mountain. Um, actually. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I did a, a bio I, for biology class. I had to do that at Emory. I had to go to Arabia mountain to collect some specimens, <laughs> study bacteria. It's a really Arabia nice mountain. ride. No, it's, um, really nice it's all it's all path and there's hardly anybody there usually and when you climb up to the monastery it's a pretty it's a pretty nice climb right, so sure. what part of atlanta are you are you in decatur area grant park yeah oh, okay cool i just yeah i've been visualizing the ride in my head nice no i drive there and then i ride <laughs> yeah it's kind of a far ride to get to radio i do that on like a saturday or a sunday <laughs> yeah and then trap you know cars aren't so patient here <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's great being back in Colorado. Yeah. The roads are a little wider. So I am so interested in um, back to your story and uh, just kind of some of the things that happened with your head injury, or you know, like you said, you had no memory of the accident. You woke up three weeks later, um, and I think a lot of um, like when I, when I went over my handlebars, I did hit my head, but I didn't have a head injury like that, but I definitely had more a concussion yeah. and I had never had a concussion like that before. Um, and didn't even realize that's what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just curious about that and just, you know, have you had any long-term effects? How's that impacted your life? Yeah. But, and yeah, head injuries are like the least is known, I think for even in like for scientists and doctors, like there's so little that is known about the brain, but I'd hit my head before. Like you had like, just like more mild, they're called mild traumatic brain injuries when you have a concussion. So it's still a traumatic brain injury. Like your head is still like your brain is still shaking around in your skull. But uh, most, uh, the most effect that I had, the biggest impact of mine was of course the depression like mm -hmm. when your head shakes around like that's one of like the number one like outcomes is like severe levels of depression so yeah i think the biggest um impact with my traumatic brain injury was like the mental health stuff 
and of course there was some uh, balance and just getting back into school was tough. Um, and I still don't know if that was because I was out of school for so long or if it was like all, and I think it was a combination of being out of school for such a long time and the traumatic brain injury and just getting my wits back about me that my wits about me again, it was only like a couple months, but the doctor at the, um, at Craig rehab center, Dr. Weintraub, who's had a lot of experience with other cyclists and other athletes. Uh, he was, uh, for anyone who's seen that movie crash reel with Kevin Pierce, the snowboarder who is like going against, uh, Sean White. Sean White. For, yeah. For the Olympic spot. Uh, I forgot what year it was, but like 2010, maybe he, uh, he was his doctor. He was Timmy Dugan, the cyclist, his, uh, who ended up recovering from his own TBI and going to the Olympics <laughs> later. But like, he's like had a lot of experience with athletes. So he was very familiar with like my case and like, what was happening, he told me it would take me two years to arrive to a new state of normal. I don't know if it took quite two years, but it was pretty close to two years. Yeah. I started grad school again, and that was great to like refocus my entire life after coming down from like that high of like, I'm a pro cyclist, so what do I do now? Like going back to grad school and being able to focus on like the scientific side of TBI was really, really important for me. Like have the ability to do that but yeah the TB, uh, tbis are it can, anything there's so many things that can happen like how your body reacts how like which parts of your brain were affected and like your support systems yeah it's all it's all uh i think everyone's a little bit unique uh with what happens to them well and uh, for their yeah. like hearing you talk about this i look at it you know I look at it two ways. The, the first way is like as a cyclist, like how scary that would be to, to be in the middle of a race and then wake up when you don't even know where you are or how long you've been out. But I also look yeah. at it as a mom, like how did your parents, good Lord, I'd be like, no, you're not getting back on a bike. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, my dad is mad at me every single day I get on the bike. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously it's what you love, but how do they, how, like, how were they through that whole process? My my dad said, if I ever got on a bike again, he would just like, I don't know, light it on fire. He's going to destroy my bicycle. But he, he's supportive of me, like doing it again. And it's a little bit, like we were talking about earlier, the safety of gravel is -hmm. very alluring to my parents. (laughs) and I my grandpa my mom down and grandpa came out to California the night of my crash it crashed in Southern California they all took flights from California or from Colorado and New York they were all there my grandpa says he aged 15 years at the ICU in California because he was like they were all sleeping on the chairs I was in a coma it was Wow. I, yeah, my parents, I, I think I aged my parents quite a bit through all of that, but they were extremely supportive. I couldn't, I don't know where I would be if my parents weren't there like every step of the way, just planning everything, talking to every single doctor, just there the entire time. So I aged them a lot. <laughs> That's yeah, I bet that that would be difficult 
and you know, still wanting to support you. So obviously Especially it's something you just, like doing it. I love it. Yeah. I, I love cycling. And for, I guess fortunately for me, I don't remember any of it. I just remember waking up at a rehab center. I don't remember <laughs> the crash. I don't, I think I, I think I reached more havoc. Uh, I had more effects on them than on myself. Oh, wow. My yeah. Memory. Mm-hmm. If I remembered all that, I don't know if I'd be racing right now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I don't know. It's too hard to tell. <laughs> it's too hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. So now you're primarily racing gravel, right? Or you're going to yeah, race yeah. this coming season? If we yeah, have. Yeah, I know. If we have races this season, who knows? We're, we're going to. We feel like we're going to. <laughs> yeah, there will be maybe later. And I don't know about, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'll be doing, yeah, this year I'll be doing uh, maybe like a combo, maybe some of the road racing, just a few events for road and as well as the gravel, of course, because I love gravel. So I do the big gravel races and maybe a few of the big road races. Yeah. I haven't really done it. I haven't really done much road in the last few years besides collegiate because I've mostly just been doing like big gravel and then college racing. So nice. Yeah. Gravel though. That's where it's at. (laughs) (laughs) How did you like get it? Did you, we were just like, oh, well then there's this gravel thing I can try. Or was there a path that got you into gravel? Um, I, I had like kind of dabbled in the gravel a little bit before my crash, Uh, like maybe two weeks before me and one of my closest friends, um, Anna Grace Christensen, she's my old teammate. Um, we have matching tattoos. Uh, <laughs> we have matching tattoos. Can't really see it's all I are. <laughs> we have matching pony tattoos because we used to be the gravel ponies. We would just like go off to these big gravel races and we would just go like room free together and on the gravel. Um, so we, we were doing a little bit of that and that was really fun. But I think I came back maybe a year, two year, a year and a half, two years later um, to like my first big gravel race which was old man winter in Colorado and just to me it just seems like a much safer mm-hmm. way to get involved again in racing I was not interested in being in like big groups like big pelotons of like girls racing like with 100 girls 200 girls it's like the gravel is like more you know a little bit more spaced out and there's no cars and there's typically no course barriers to crash into so it just seemed like a much safer like way to go, given my head history. The gravel was, yeah, just safer. And it's more fun. And it just seems like a lot more fun because like at these road races, it was always very high stress. Everyone was there you know, kind of like vying for their next contract and just trying to get on the next best team, more sponsors, sponsors. And like with gravel, maybe it seems like most of the people at gravel races are there to have a good time they're just trying to have fun and it's much it's just super fun and maybe there's like 10 or 15 girls who are actually taking it seriously out of like the 2,000 people that are there yeah so yeah it's just a much more supportive and kind of like all-inclusive environment I know that yeah Amy just they just added a an e-bike portion to SBT gravel to be all-inclusive of every type of skill level but yeah, just like, it's, it's just a more, uh, it's a more fun, comfortable environment to be in. And yeah, 
Yeah, it's that it's that uh, party in the front or uh, business in the front and party in the back. You know, exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get out of the business side of things. But, <laughs> but you know, if you go out oh, and can... you start, if you start off all business and then you're like, oh, this is turning south, then you go back and join the party and you're still having. Oh, a that's great happened day. a few. Yeah, that's happened <laughs> yeah. a few times. I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Just get your business done and then go have a party. Either way, yeah, all, you get the business done works. and you have a huge party after. <laughs> if you have any energy left after a 200 mile race, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you have left, <laughs> then you become yep. like a super lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we have to hear about um, this Eversting thing you did this summer. Yes, <laughs> had the Eversting record. I, do you still don't you don't still hold it right? Like that was no, like kind of going no. like. It was like in two weeks then somebody else would get it all summer long yeah can... it was like yeah yeah it was like a, i think i had the record officially for like five days oh. i think <laughs> officially <laughs> but that's what everyone was doing this summer with the lack of racing because of the pandemic has been ever staying because if there was something to do besides racing right now emma cooley has it and she's pretty good she's pretty good <laughs> how did you end up deciding to everest and then also i want you to tell everybody about this yeah, I want to hear in North Georgia because I'm familiar with it. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Anyone who's from Georgia is familiar with Hogpen. Any cyclist from Georgia is familiar with Hogpen. Yeah, Hogpen. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody from Hogpen, Georgia yeah. or that has done like one of the North Georgia events, she she ever did Hogpen Gap. It it was crazy. Um, and so you did the just, short side too, right? Or the yeah, did, yeah, we did the reverse, um, and not the typical one in like the the six gap century. We did it the opposite way. So we did reverse hog pen because it was a little steeper and a little straighter for yeah. the descent. Yeah, but Everesting, that, oh gosh, that was hard. <laughs> Just thinking about it makes me tired. But we, <laughs> <laughs> um, my, so I was doing the COVID task force for 60 days. I was on a deployment at CDC and that was crazy. Like I was working like crazy, but I was still training. I, I was either working or training for like two months spent a lot of time on Zwift or doing intervals before work. I was like, I was still training and working like crazy. So then about a week later, uh, my fiance, Jim, he, everyone was Everesting and talking about Everesting. Then my fiance wanted to do Everesting. I was like, that sounds like a stupid idea. Why would you ever want to do that? But then, <laughs> you know, a few days went by and I was like, hmm. I started thinking about this. It always happens. I just... I get an idea in my head and it just keeps growing. And I was like, all right, well, maybe he was raising money for the hospital he was working at. Uh, and then I wanted to raise money for the rehab center where I recovered from my crash, Craig Hospital. So I decided I was going to do my own charity. And then I was also, in the meantime, going to try to set a world record to raise more money for the hospital. Oh <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we had about a week where I was like, all right, I guess I'll taper this week and then I'll, this weekend, it's going to go for it. Uh, like the world record uh, Katie Hall had, it was a 10.02, 10 hours and two minutes. I was like, okay, I was just trying to do like a 10.01 or 10 minutes or 10 hours. Um, so we went out there Saturday, we started about 6 a.m. I had uh, two friends who stayed there overnight on the top of Hogpen. <laughs> Aww. and they were, they were it was so sweet they was like handing us like handing us red bulls and just handing us gels and just anything there's there the entire 10 hours 
And then yeah, my friend Kelly, uh, also CC, my friend CC, she was out there with, she made posters and there was like, they were all spread out over the road because obviously COVID and yeah, it was a very, it was a very COVID safe kind of Everest. <laughs> Everyone was very spread out. Um, Hogpin Reverse is 2.1 miles long and 9.8%. And mm. you maybe, it was, it was, yeah. You maybe break like one time you feather your brakes at the top when you descend. There's like a right hand turn and you kind of feather, but everything else you can just rip it down. So I think I hit like 60 something on the way down after you do something after you do something 24 times in a row you get to know it pretty well so at the end I was like I was going real fast down (laughs) but it was like it was a really good road to Everest on because it was so steep and so straight and Mm. you know the two girls have taken it since and they all those climbs were in Europe and they just had like Emma Pooley's climb was 13 every climb is getting steeper and straighter Hers wasn't necessarily straighter. Hers was in Switzerland, I think. And it was 13.8% though for five miles. So like, yeah, the steeper you can find. <laughs> and just like, because there's like less mileage you have to do. Like I did 110 miles, slightly less than Katie Hall. And now Emma Pooley, I think, did about 70-ish miles at 13.8%. But anyway, yeah, everything was something fun to do during the pandemic <laughs> something fun to do after a covid deployment i suppose need something else crazy to go do and I set the world record by about five minutes at 9 57 29 i had to do hot 20 or 24 and a half times because you know how your wahoo your garment or whatever yeah. doesn't always register correctly i was like all right just in case i go to this one half of more times <laughs> yeah would that not suck if that... you thought you had it and then you finished oh and good lord and you're like 50 feet and then I short did over the summer i think everybody learned from yeah him. that's a Lachlan. no it was that Lachlan i think it was Lachlan Lachlan Lachlan. Lachlan. yeah in colorado yeah. in fort collins yeah and he went out the next week and he just did it again. And I guess the next lap. And did it even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was even faster the next time. But that was, I, I was like, I was not going to let that happen. I was like, I know what happens when I do correct this on like Strava. So yeah, it was well, like 24 good, and a half times. It's a good thing you did that because I don't know if you heard, but they came out today uh, that they have actually certified Everest is a few feet higher than it actually was. I wondered if was that had come out yet. It came out today. I heard oh, it on the, I see. on the way home. I saw that it was like in the works or something that they were reconsidering the like actual elevation. I was like, all right, well, that'll yeah. be something to do next summer, I guess. I don't, <laughs> have to, I don't know that it's, if you did half a lap, I don't know that it's enough of a difference. I don't, yeah, I didn't probably still lap. have it. Maybe you actually have the Everesting record now. <laughs> yeah, you the might. Everest. <laughs> you should look it up. I, I think that's it. just, I think it's just crazy anyway to think about the fact that the mountain got taller. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, I know, you know, I know it's from earthquakes <laughs> and whatnot, but you know, I'm like, I'm just getting shorter. Why does it matter? Yeah. This does not seem fair that Everest gets to get taller, that Everest doesn't need any more height. Christine Bone needs height. I almost made a short joke, but then I decided not to. (laughs) So bad. I've never thought of myself as a short person. And then like, as of late, like any picture I see myself in, I'm like, oh my God, I am so short. (laughs) Anyway. 
I've always been like the dorky, like tallest kid, and, like the tall girl in class, like from a young age, from a young, young age, and still, still now, I haven't started shrinking yet, but it just turned 30. So mm. it's just a matter of time. Never know what that feels like. <laughs> well, I'm 45 and I'm still the tallest one usually. So uh, I, don't know. Oh, <laughs> I think you've got some time. It'll be a while then. <laughs> It'll be a while. I, like, I didn't know what was going to happen when I turned 30. So yeah. nothing, really nothing has changed at all. So oh, <laughs> it's been goodness. great so far. <laughs> yeah. okay, so what do you have planned for 2021? Do you have, where are we going to see Lauren de Crescenzo? Oh, yes. Uh, next year, I'm going to be on the wedding altar, most importantly. I'm Yay. Yay! I've been waiting. We've almost been engaged for a year now, but again, this pandemic is crazy, and we're going to be getting married now, May 30th, in Colorado, on the top of Flagstaff Mountain, one of our very okay. first bike rides together. Yeah, up, up to Flag, the amphitheater at Flag, so yeah, if anyway, the very like typical, quintessential uh, Boulder wedding, we're going to then we're going to go down to Chautauqua Dining Hall and do our reception at Chautauqua Dining Hall. Um, so besides will there getting be, married, <laughs> will, be, will there be bikes involved in the wedding? That's the question. My stepmom, or yeah, my stepmom actually just she told me that she purchased us uh, some kits, some like you know some onesies, I guess, whatever. It's some skin suits, some onesies, skin suits that are <laughs> bride and groom, and we're gonna like. We're thinking uh, about maybe doing our first descent together down to our reception. <laughs> I love it. That would be. I mean, you yeah. kind of have to, right? You went on a bike ride. Yeah, we're going to descend into our new lives together, <laughs> even though we're basically married now. <laughs> yeah, I've spent a lot of time together in this pandemic. Like any couple has. Just, yeah, we're basically married, but officially, officially, this in 2021. And we're both going to continue racing. No, we don't. It's so hard to plan, though, not knowing which races are going to happen and when. But we're still riding every single day because we we're both just a little, a little bit crazy. Got some of that uh, crazy gene. Um, we're still now we're going to hopefully be able to do some of the bigger gravel races, um, like Crusher, SBT. Of course, I'm definitely going to do SBT. Um, and uh, mid mid south. I gotta get the new names right. <laughs> mid south and unbounds would be cool. Um, nice. Maybe do, yeah, maybe a little bit of road racing. Uh, maybe the Gila. <laughs> oh, that would be um, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking about the Gila. Maybe um, I might be doing yeah some gravel and road like a combo with like some of the big road races like yeah, climbing kind of races like Gila. Maybe Joe Martin. Maybe Pro Nationals. Just, you know, get my feet wet again and a little bit of the road racing. Um, I kind of kind of want to do a little bit more again of that. And, yeah, I might – it's all in the works. It's all in the works. I've been working with the new team. Maybe we're going to be focusing on those things. And it's all about, yeah, the opportunity to road race again and to gravel at the same time. And they're – working with me and Jim because Jim could maybe move my teammate next year. We might be on the same team, which would be amazing. It has always been my number one dream. (laughs) You could shove at at start lines in your skin suits. (laughs) In the bride and groom. We have matching gravel bikes right now. We didn't mean to. (laughs) That's hilarious. I did hear um, residency and um, gravel racing go 
all together. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had an interview uh, on the East Coast with some boys interviewer. I guess I'm not, I'll, I'll mention his name. Um, but she, she was a cyclist, of course, and all she wrote down before the interview was cycling, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. <laughs> and the entire interview was about cycling for a residency program. <laughs> that's, that's priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so residents love that. I, they they love it. Got to go, go out he, for their um, hundred miler rides. Was he at Grady in the spring? Yeah, yeah, he was raising money for Grady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have oh. a, several friends that are doctors at Grady, and they were doing the um, what's that ride that they do every year at the Mercedes Benz Stadium? That's really fun. Yeah, yeah. The but they all did, I remember that became virtual too, didn't it? Yeah, they did it virtually this year, but it's the coolest ride because you start on the field at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then he was like on a bunch of calls for that for some reason, like the Grady Foundation. Something. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was on those. That was funny. Those those were funny phone calls. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, they were good. They were good. In a non COVID year, it is a very cool event, except for I did it the first year and I did it. I talked to my friend who is a PA at Grady into doing it with me and she was like, as long as we just do the 25 miler, like I have to fly out tonight. Like I'm not in shape. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a course volunteer that sent the entire group that was on the 25 mile route on the 50 and a hundred mile route. Oops. <laughs> and the 25 mile route was like this very flat route. Like you went down to East point and back basically the 50 okay. mile route went down toward dirty sheets, like down in the Chattahoochee Hills, which it's called that for a reason. And by the time we all realized we were lost, I was like, anyway, we had to call her husband to come get her at the <laughs> rest stop. No shame. But there's also like yeah. not, once you get into the Chattahoochee Hills, you don't really have cell phone service. No, no, you're trying no. to like, cause I was like, I'm not taking a map. Like this is super well marked, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason they didn't have the GPX files that year. Anyway. It was oh really funny. And it was because so many of the people that did that 25 mile route, you could tell like they, that had, they had trained and this was the first bike ride, like bigger oh, bike ride they'd man. ever done. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just saw all these people like walking Wait, well, their bikes been, up the hills, like, okay. and they're on these like really heavy bikes. The climbs like, down in Georgia, it's always surprises. It always surprises me every time. Like there's a, there's a lot of climbing down here in Georgia <laughs> and like in the South. Yeah, 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 it is legit. Because in Colorado, where I'm from, it's either like you're, it's either totally flat or you're just going straight up. But like in Atlanta and Georgia, it's always like rolly, rolly, rolly. Hills, heat, and humidity. That's us. (laughs) Uh, Hot Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this has been very fun. Um, Thank you for sharing your story with us, and we will. um, I think Christy and I will both be planning to see you. Uh, SBT. I mean, well, obviously, if y'all make it to Unbound, that would be your honeymoon. Mid south. Well, we just rescheduled our wedding. It's all up in the air. We to it interfered with his um his graduation from med school. It was going to be the day before Emory graduates on the fourteenth, and we're going to get married in Colorado on the fifteenth, and uh, everything's yeah, changing. Everything's changing all the time. Maybe that'd be a good honeymoon. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a honeymoon. Honeymoon in Kansas. <laughs> Woo. I mean, I don't know about the travel restrictions for the rest of the, I don't know where we'll be. I got to think that by June, we've got to be better. I hope. I 
really hope. You would imagine. I mean, with all the vaccination, only time will tell. Yep. I'm staying positive. So maybe otherwise I don't think I get through the next six months. Yeah, maybe we'll be moving in Kansas. Yeah, I we would love to see. And if you need housing, let me know. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. Honeymoon. Honeymoon in Kansas. <laughs> I'll, I'll go let them know. Yep, tell them. <laughs> we'll be like, super excited. Like, I mean, you know, like, okay. writing together. Think about how long you could write together that day. Yeah. Um, well, all, Lauren, day, where- all day. All yeah, day. <laughs> we do upsell. <laughs> Where can people day, find you if they want to follow your adventures in 2021? Where oh, can people- yeah. There's, yeah. There's a couple ways to do it. Um, a couple. Uh, Strava is good to see what rides I'm doing all the time. Um, yeah, just my name, Strava. We started a, oh, Strava, we also found, started a thing, Fiance and I started a thing called Fauci Fan Club for anyone who's interested in oh. <laughs> in health during, on their, on their rides. <laughs> These are an Apache fan club. We're at about 3,000 members now. Um, I'm going to totally check that out. It's pretty cool. I, I didn't expect this to grow so big, but it, it got big very quickly. And then the, the curve kind of flattens for the group. <laughs> now we're at about 3,000. And uh, so you can find it, yeah, find us both on the Fauci fan club on Strava. Um, Instagram, I'm at Laurenissima because that's the Italian way, I guess, of saying Lauren at Laurenissima. <laughs> nice uh, yeah we're, I'm trying yeah we're PubMed I'm trying to <laughs> I always say PubMed look me up on PubMed <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a lot of our people will be there but <laughs> I don't think so no I'm still working on some stuff published and hopefully I'll show up more there <laughs> if anybody wants a copy of your study on head injuries in Colorado they can just reach out to you yeah you can reach, yeah, you can either reach out to me or find it on PubMed probably it was just ever whenever I can get this thing through the system of publishing <laughs> <laughs> my life my, my life goal is to get this paper published <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling it will happen eventually eventually before the data becomes too old that's a whole other story anyway yeah, um, I think those are the most I think those are most of the ways Strava, Instagram um, no one uses Facebook anymore but <laughs> I'm on there too <laughs> um, oh, and I think everyone should do SBT Gravel also I'll be I'll be at SBT Gravel with uh, you guys. Awesome. We will see yeah. you there. I think we're going to do some fun Girls Gone Gravel stuff. So we'll make sure we loop you in. Yeah. Oh, I'll be there. All the things. Yeah. I love Steamboat. We're going to, we're about to head up to Steamboat too. Uh, Jim's parents have a condo up there. So we're going to spend Christmas in Steamboat. I'm going to go, t- uh, go hang out with Amy. We're going to do some training Good. for SBT. <laughs> Please tell Amy I said hello. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I know. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for um, joining yeah. us. Yeah, of course. This is awesome. And um, yeah, more girls on bikes, more girls on gravel. There you go. <laughs> yes, 100%. The Girls Gone Gravel podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. Subscribe, like, and comment on your listing platform. Our producer is Taylor Mayhem Rudolph. You can follow us on all of the socials at Girls Gone Gravel or visit our website at girlsgonegravel.com. <laughs>